0: Well, thank you for joining us at this fireside chat today. We're really excited to have with us Bill Wimberley. He's the head of business development at WingCopter. Um, Bill, before we really jump into our discussion today about some of the public relations considerations around drugs, uh we heard you guys have a really cool announcement, um, some, some game-changing news for WingCopter. So why don't you give us a quick intro on who you are and uh, tell us a little bit about that news.
1: Yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, like you said, I'm head of business development for the company which means I am involved with partners and strategic companies uh, around the world, uh, and also uh, some of the major corporations that uh, are in logistics and and move product around. Uh, so uh, yeah, we had a really fantastic announcement on Tuesday, uh, two years in the making. Uh, this has been a stealth development project for us, uh, kind of our flagship uh, uh, unmanned aviation system. Uh, that we've been working on again for two two years and the idea was uh, generated by the founders and then brought to reality on Tuesday and that was an international announcement of that new aircraft which uh, we believe will revolutionize the uh, ability to deliver products uh, with a drone and so we're we're super excited about it what what can you tell us uh,
0: a little bit more about the the aircraft itself or the the new drone Um, Where are you thinking, like, is there already a a primary market kind of in the crosshairs as far as an initial rollout?
1: So that's a good question. Uh, The the market that it addresses directly is delivery. Uh, uh, We uh, on our website, you'll see that we save and improve lives. And that is really the uh, the heartbeat of the company and the ability to to provide a technology. Uh, that is specifically designed to to literally save and improve lives. And what I mean by that is, we do a lot of medical delivery, uh, and we lo- do a lot of uh, parcel and package delivery, and and those things uh, matter to people. And we love uh some of the humanitarian projects that we've done, uh, but we're moving that very rapidly into large scale commercial projects doing the same thing. So. Uh, you know the impact is really what we're after, and was the genesis of the whole company.
0: Well, I, I first of all I love that you brought up some of the humanitarian aspects because I think as we talk about uh, drone delivery, um, you know that is one of the, the first areas that I think there could be tremendous mm-hmm. uh, impact. Obviously, the, the trickle down from there, and as we start to discuss, well, the you know the last last mile, last minute, these next day deliveries, and people think about their Amazon packages being delivered. Via drone, I think that's a kind of a next step in the conversation. But I'd, I'd like mm-hmm. to start um, with that before we jump into that. Though we've also heard that uh, earlier this year, Wingcopter, you guys had a uh, a pretty big Series A uh, funding round. Mm-hmm. um What can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, we were really excited to land that. Uh, a lot of great investors. Uh, we have a, a, an investor out of uh, Silicon Valley, and then a portfolio of international investors. So. Uh, we've really received a lot of attention from investors and we are moving into a series b now uh that we will you know really uh, focus on this summer and we already have um, most of our current investors wanting to uh, participate going forward and we are receiving calls and 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 phone uh i mean messages from companies that, uh other investors that want to join with us so yeah we it really added the sort of the jet fuel i guess you would call it to our growth and allowed us to hire some really key people, and increase uh, our our expansion and also our manufacturing capabilities. That's great. Did
0: you? Uh, I'm just curious with the announcement of this this big announcement you had last week with the, this new vehicle. Um, have you seen a, a spike in, in additional increase on that uh, next funding round at all?
1: <laughs> so the uh, the announcement was uh, yesterday, actually. Oh, okay, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, for the new drone. And so we've seen a huge spike in interest, uh, almost uh, almost an overwhelming spike in interest from around the world. So uh, I've spent the last uh, 36 hours uh doing pretty much nothing but answering messages and LinkedIn's and so forth. So, yeah, it's really been exciting. I mean, the company is just a rocket ship right now. It feels great.
0: Well, we appreciate you taking a little bit of your time in to talk with us today. Um, so let's go ahead and get into the conversation here. Um you know, I think first of all, uh, for those people that are tuning in, it's really important to kind of understand where the where we are currently um as far as drone delivery. You mentioned specifically um, some of these uh, emergency or humanitarian efforts. Um, mm-hmm. I know personally that as I've kind of dipped in and out of the news, uh, obviously zipline, another another drone mm-hmm. company. You know, they made big waves when they were talking about the medical supply deliveries and immunization deliveries they were doing in Africa um, and other things. So talk to us a little bit about that. Where are we currently with drone delivery um, and and what were kind of the steps that it took to get us to this point? And then we can build on that from here.
1: Well, the technology, quite frankly, was kind of the easy part. Uh, The regulations and being safe, uh, flying safely. Protecting people—I uh, mean, that is—that's uh, the much much harder part. Uh, you know, drones uh, in this category are flying in the same airspace that helicopters are, uh, that manned aircraft are, and so the the various regulators, like the FAA here and uh, the regulators around the world, are very concerned about uh, about being safe. And so, the the new drone that we just announced. Uh, we believe is, uh, the, the safest drone in the industry right now. Uh, it is got a redundancy of, of systems. It has eight rotors, uh, so that if uh, anything fails, that there are backup, uh, systems. Uh, it has a full boatload of, uh, avionics like you would find uh, in a manned aircraft. Uh, and all of those, all of those are enablers. Uh, the, the final challenge is to, is to prove to the regulators that that we and other drone companies can fly safe, uh, occupy the same airspace, and uh, and and do this effectively and efficiently.
0: You know, it's interesting because when I think of of where we're headed and kind of the next steps, um, it, it makes me think of a comment I saw about when you know railroad and the first cars were introduced yeah. and. Safety regulators looked at those and were very concerned about the breakneck speeds um at which those vehicles operated. And so it and as we look at back at that now, you know, they were concerned about speeds of, you know, ten to twenty miles an hour. And that that was considered outrageous and and dangerous at the time. Obviously, uh the the technology has improved drastically, safety considerations and things, regulations over vehicular safety and everything have also changed. So it's interesting because I, I almost feel like we're almost in a in a point with drones uh, and and unmanned vehicles where we're starting to address that same issue where we have to overcome the questions of safety, um, looking at this from the perspective of can we do this in a way that will deliver value um, and what is the, the potential cost uh, of doing business um, the the safety costs of doing business.
1: Yep. So, so the regulators, uh, like to refer to this as crawl, walk, run. And there is, uh, you know, we do deliveries around the globe very safely today because what we do is prior to having regulatory, uh, approval broadly for us to fly anywhere we want to, mm-hmm. uh, we get waivers. We get special permission. We fly over jungles and uh, waterways and oceans and things of that nature to steer clear of, you know, dense populations, buildings, uh, for the most part. Now, we have flown over uh, cities and and infrastructure, but with very, very carefully planned flights, considering the entire safety envelope, uh, considering the glide slope of the aircraft, the kinetic energy, all of those things, and then we submit that to the local regulatory authorities. And, you know, almost always they approve it. And so, but most of those so far in the populated areas are proofs of concept. So I don't think we're very far away. I think we're less than a year away from being able to prove to the regulators that we can fly over what I would call a suburban density to fly over New York City or, or, you know, downtown Dallas or whatever is, is going to take a little bit more time. We're going to really have to prove essentially 10 to the minus nine safety which is aviation safety and and we're we're not there yet to prove that but we're getting there really quickly
0: well and it is interesting because i think so let's let's talk first of all from a from kind of a more rural um if we look at this from a more rural aspect what are the primary you mentioned some of the humanitarian emergencies so what are the the primary areas where you see this working there's also the consideration, you know, we hear we hear people talk about um, pharmaceutical deserts, especially in rural parts of of our country, the United States, and other countries, where you have people that aren't able to go in to get prescriptions filled because they're a hundred miles from the nearest pharmacy. Um, so I think that there's obviously a conversation to be had about how we can improve that. And sometimes it's not even, you know, life saving pharmaceuticals. It, it's basic necessities, but that are also important to health and hygiene things like. Toothbrushes, toothpaste, deodorant—those uh, types of things that would normally be picked up at a pharmacy or grocery store. Talk to me a little bit about the delivery of those types of things in rural, and then we can kind of step up to that next—the the proofs of yeah. concept in suburban areas.
1: So, believe it or not, most of the world is rural. So, if you take a look at, uh, for example, we have uh, we did a really fantastic project in Vanuatu in the Pacific Islands, and where we flew very critical uh, vaccines over a mountaintop that normally would take seven hours for a person to walk to the village from the local hospital. And we were able to do that in a matter of uh, like 90 minutes. Uh, So uh, we have a project that we are working on right now to deliver vaccines uh, in Indonesia. Uh, We, I'm in talks with companies in Malaysia, uh, in Africa, we're currently flying in countries like Malawi. uh, And, um, uh, we've flown insulin from the, the, sh- the Western shore in Ireland to offshore islands. Uh, two weeks ago, we did a fantastic project with one of the largest pharmaceutical companies, uh, in the world and, uh, a company called ANA, which is the largest airline in Japan. And we flew, uh, medical supplies from, uh, from the Goto island over to other, uh, nearby islands that are very hard to reach except by maybe helicopter or boat. So we proved that capability and did it all very, very safely because, again, you're managing that safety in a rural setting.
0: So now when we step that up to the more suburban settings, from a, from a public relations standpoint, any company that wants to implement this type of technology that has plans of looking into how can they add um, drone delivery To their infrastructure to their supply chain you it's almost like uh uh i can't think of the word but the 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 step up in terms of safety considerations um frequency you know airway frequency uh privacy issues um that come in uh, as far as deliveries when you get into a more densely populated suburban area Starts to raise all those types of questions. So, how do you start to address those when moving into more suburban population?
1: Yeah, that's is a great question. Like I said, it's not right around the corner. Um, we and the other, any of the other drone companies, have to prove that we are, like I said, ten to the minus seven, maybe even higher, a level of safety. Uh, we do that by having uh, onboard avionics that that do detect and avoid that uh, that. ID the aircraft, uh, radar, other com- components that that help us to fly in in the environment that's occupied by the big boys, right? The helicopter companies and the level so forth and so on. So, as that is proven out uh, over the next, I would say, eighteen to twenty four months, uh, I think that the the regulators will begin to open up that airspace, and they'll begin. Levels at a time. For example, with the FAA, there are levels of density per square mile and, and you have to fly a certain amount of hours successfully without an incident to prove to them that you have the ability to fly at that level of density. And so, like I said before, suburban, suburban is really the entry point, uh, that, that we will try to be in over the next, uh, 18 months or so. And then once Suburban is proven and you fly, you know, another X number of hours to get to the next level of density, you know, it's just a gradual step up the ladder until you prove yourself perfectly safe for a, a high-density flying. But again, I, I believe that's, that's a couple of years away before we're going to be doing that, so... And, and when you
0: think of it that way, you also have to consider then, okay, who are the organizations that are primarily going to be jumping into this right away? It's not like every shop, every grocery store, every group is going to all of a sudden have their own drone delivery and the sky is just going to be flooded with drones. There's going to have to be considerations and regulations around that as well. I mean, the more, the more things we send up into the air, um, obviously that raises additional considerations.
1: So the way the FAA works is we are a, we will be type certified as an aircraft. Okay. But we have to be partnered with a part 135 operator. So for example, American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, various helicopter companies, those are all part 135, which have earned the, the right to actually operate in the airspace. So we have a couple of partners here in the U.S that are those part 135 operators and they along with us with our type certified aircraft those combined components the operator and the aircraft are what allows you to enter into those airs that airspace
0: <clears throat>
1: you know like i said a crawl walk run and uh you can't just uh you know uh, you can't just go out and buy a drone like ours if you're you know uh match stubbs company And just take off and start flying it. It's not possible. So it's very. My son son will be
0: very disappointed to know that he can't um, (laughs) come.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Matt, we we won't be sending you one, by the way. No, darn. But uh, no, I mean, let me tell you, there's a lot of layers of authority and proof, and it's a grueling process for the aviation companies. Uh, But, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there for sure.
0: So, you know, I think. For a lot of people, um, from the consumer side, they don't think about often a lot of these other use cases. And and it's it really comes down to my Amazon package or my delivery and how do I get that next day. As we talked about, you know, as we've been talking about this, so do you ever really see drone delivery as kind of stepping in to fill that? Or do you think it's going to be more specific use cases like emergency goods, uh, you know, living essentials, disaster supplies or, or recovery things. Is there ever going to be a time you think and timeline maybe what that looks like as far as when do we get to that point where we're really starting to think more about, you know, the, the Amazon packages and less about the, the yeah. essentials?
1: So I know that you guys had uh, UPS on, on one of your sessions uh, and, you know, UPS is one of the pioneers in this space and they believe firmly that there is value in the final mile delivery with drones now there are certain use cases within their logistics model that that makes sense just like any place uh you know where i am in uh you know relatively near downtown austin uh you know when i order something today i'll probably have it tonight so you know do i need it instantaneously you know i, I can't even imagine why you need that However. There are places, like we talked about earlier, in the world that um, that are cut off from, uh, you know, that instant delivery capability. And those are really the, the first ones that are going to benefit from this. Um, and yes, I do believe someday there will be drones that will be flying around doing package delivery. Uh, there are companies out there that are building the infrastructure to install in your home, literally to cut a hole in your attic. And uh, install different devices, uh, or or devices that look like post office boxes um, that are automated for receiving packages. I think they're a bit ahead of the curve, uh, but you know, two two maybe three years from now, I, I could see that happening for sure.
0: And th- this is something, that, and, and not as related to maybe the safety aspect, but it's something that's always kind of fasc- fascinated me. Talk to me a little bit more about. The, you know, you mentioned some of the failovers and things for safety, but talk to me about the how precise can these deliveries be? So, I mean, we think about yeah, you're gonna have you have a a drone delivery box on on your roof. Obviously, that drone and the the computer, the the systems within it are going to have to be making calculations to be as accurate as possible. And and, and I think when I look at this, I really see two types of delivery. You have the fixed wing where they kind of fly over, drop it on a little parachute, and a Takes calculations that lower this down. And then you have what I think most people associate with the drone. And that's, you know, it's got the, the propellers and the copter. So it can actually get a lot closer to your potential target. Um, in theory, what, you know, t- talk about that. Like, is there benefits, disadvantages to delivery those different delivery options? Um, does one have a greater, uh, range as far as distance and, and things? Like yeah. so talk to us a little bit about that.
1: So the Wing Copter is a uh, fixed wing electric vertical takeoff and landing uh, UAS. And what that is is really a combination of the multi-copter. You know, you've probably seen the DJI multi-copters, uh, quadcopter, some of them are called. Uh, it's a combination of that and a fixed wing aircraft. So it's really the best of both worlds. So it takes off vertically uh, and the rotors tilt it's a patented design of our company and they convert into um forward flight. So is
0: it uh, is it like uh what are those called the Osprey jets that they have the
1: is that it's what they're a, called? Those same ideas. Pretty much exactly like that. Okay. It, I guess it's pretty not much a jet, exactly I, like <laughs> that. And so the beauty of that is you don't need any extra infrastructure. Uh so it takes off and lands pretty much anywhere, and you ask about accuracy, uh these aircraft land extremely accurate. As a matter of fact, the new aircraft will have down looking LIDAR system that will land it within a foot or two of the exact spot it's supposed to land and maybe within uh, inches. So, um, they're connected to multiple GPS systems. So they're extremely accurate in the air. And, um, and so that problem has been solved. That's not really an issue. Uh, our aircraft. Uh, can both land where it's appropriate, but a safer option is for it to fly over and actually drop a package uh, with a string. And one of the things we introduced on Tuesday or yesterday was the ability to carry three packages to three different locations, which is, uh, as far as we know, there's no other drone in the world that uh, can do that. So, we, you know, dropping packages and delivering packages has been pretty much solved. It's, it's, uh, We've won contests in Africa for our accuracy and ability to do that. So that's, yeah, that's not a big problem.
0: So, so it really is more than of the infrastructure challenge and building infrastructure to accommodate the the process.
1: It, well, Our drone doesn't need any infrastructure at all. So we can, uh, now there are, like I said, there are companies building infrastructure uh, for receiving a package. For example, if you weren't home, uh, our drone would uh, would fly over. It could drop uh, down to the uh, the target location. It would recognize the barcode. It would open the door and drop the package in. And and so there's a myriad of those companies already out there. That's not really what we do. Uh, we are just agnostic to that. But but that's being solved as well. There's half a dozen companies that are really doing some cool stuff. Do you think as we
0: you know as we look forward? Will there have to be a standardized platform um it, you know we look at you know our cell phones, and for a while it was everybody had their own charging cables, everybody had their own thing, and we started to realize the ubiquity of these devices made it really really one wasteful to have all of these different things, but two it, it just didn't make sense to to try and have everybody on different platforms, and you still have a little bit of that so what do you, How do you see that kind of coming together? In turn, will it be? Will there be this co-opetition? Will there have to be regulation uh, put into place to start directing? Um, you know that side of the discussion.
1: Well, that's a good question. I, I'd like to believe that we are really setting a standard for that ourselves. Um, so, in order to be economically feasible for delivery. Uh, you need to be able to deliver multiple packages on the same flight. Um, another thing we introduced is the ability for one pilot to operate ten of our drones autonomously and simultaneously. So, uh, and we have other capabilities of uh, maintenance capabilities uh, that we can uh, turn around the aircraft quickly, in kind of like Southwest Airlines does, if they're famous for, uh, you know, from the gate, right? So. Uh, You know, I think there will eventually be some players, some drone companies that will rise to the top uh, and others that maybe won't rise up to the top. And, you know, battery life is crucial. Time in the air is crucial. The, uh, you know, the uh, ability to maintain and keep the drones flying. Uh, We can fly in some pretty severe weather conditions. For example, we designed ours to to fly in, in high winds and rain. A lot of the drone companies uh, cannot fly in rain. They don't have the uh, rainproofing, I guess you would call it, and the ability to do that. So, uh, you know, I, I think that in order to, you know, be the top of the game, you're going to have to have some of those capabilities. And I think we set the bar super high for that.
0: But when we think about, you know, that that brings up a really good question. Obviously, going back early to our conversation about emergency delivery, mm-hmm. um, the ability to to... Deliver goods, especially during natural disaster, um, taking into consideration things like wind, rain, smoke, as we've seen with like heavy wildfires and things. Um, is there additional? I mean, is there additional impact uh, where we see drone delivery being able to play a really important role, not just on um, you know medications and goods, but in actually helping you know for wildfires, for example, or helping in infrastructure challenges
1: you know we we don't try to be the you know the end all company uh, for every single application uh, there are a lot of companies out there that have have built kind of a utility drone that can be used for everything from firefighting to uh, you know doing roof inspection to power line inspection we we've kind of taken the opposite approach we've said we want to be the best in the world at delivering packages and cargo uh, and uh, there's a variety of reasons for that that we don't have time to go into, but uh, we we want to be famous in that particular area. And, and we have gotten to that point uh, largely in a lot of parts of the world. So we want to just continue to innovate there. And so, you know, when it comes to delivering things, you know, if you're, uh, you know, in a some kind of a storm or, or disaster, like you say, uh, we've talked to several companies about how can we help them with that. Uh, you know, we designed our aircraft to fly really fast, really far, and carry a, a very heavy payload. And so it naturally fits into those kinds of projects. Uh, but, you know, there's certain things that we're not so good for. We're not so good for roof inspection or or things that are, are you know, very close quarters. We fly beyond visual line of sight, BVLOS. And, and a lot of the drones like DJI and others are more like a... Visual line of sight drones where the operator standing nearby and can see them and control them with his hands. Ours is 100% autonomous. It flies completely by computer. Very cool. Well, um,
0: you know, one, I guess one kind of final question and we'll wrap up here. Uh, and this actually, it, it kind of got me thinking about it. Obviously, uh, we celebrated Earth Day not too long ago. Uh, there was lots of announcements about, uh, initiatives to clean up our supply chain. Obviously, there's um, a lot of potential in drones and, uh, and, you know, unmanned vehicles and things to, to help with that aspect. You know, we look at the current supply chain and the emissions. Um, I think some reports put U.S. emissions like 28% of, of U.S. emissions come from transportation, um, according to the EPA. So talk to us a little bit about the potential there and a lot, you know, we, we need to think about what are the trade offs of you know, zero emission vehicle, but there's also emissions that go into the creation of things like the batteries and stuff so I, I think there's a lot of potential there. What are your thoughts around uh, that aspect of it?
1: That's a great question Matt Um but we found that there's a uh, you know in addition to the places in the world that people are are distanced from from medical uh, locations and hospitals and things, there's also the problem of congestion, just like you said uh. There are smart cities uh, initiatives around the world. Uh, one of them is, uh, we've talked to is uh, Smart Dublin. Uh, they're one of the kind of the front runners in in taking a look at this and realizing that their city is getting crowded with delivery trucks and emissions. And, you know, we know what goes on in, in L.A. and downtown New York and places like that. So this is really another great advantage of drones is be able to take some of those off the road. You're never going to get rid of all of them but taking some of them off the road and you know have electric delivery vehicles have electric drones flying uh, and and yeah that will make a big difference uh on the flip side of what you just said uh, we're doing everything possible in our factory in germany to to be as green as possible uh, that's why we've stuck with a electric uh aircraft as opposed to a hybrid or a, or a gasoline powered one uh you know there's advantages to those uh, with the distance because you know there are a bit limitations with batteries but but we are really committed to the the green movement uh really committed to the taking care of the planet and doing what we can to uh to save and improve lives like i said before
0: well, that's awesome again bill thank you so much today um what's uh, what's next for Wingcopter? what should we be looking forward to or keeping our eyes out for from you guys
1: uh, we're going to be announcing a lot of partners in the coming months uh we'll for sure achieve our series b in in the summer or early fall and uh our ceo already has us working on the design of a new aircraft that will uh even take this to the next level and and i know there's guys within our company that are looking at the the next two or three levels of innovation so we intend to be uh you know one of the front runners uh in this market for a very long time
0: well, we obviously look forward to seeing what you have, uh, and we will, I'm sure, be there to cover it. Um So, again, thank you so much, Bill. We really appreciate your time. Um And thank you to everybody who's been joining us to uh, check in on this fireside. We encourage you to stick around. We've got a lot more great content on the way. Thanks so much. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you.